before we get started, I wanted to show you guys that we have all of the outlines are on the app. So if you guys uh, look up on the screen, if you go to the Winter's Church app, uh, make sure you hit refresh. Sometimes it needs to be refreshed. Um, so it, right at the top, if you click on Bible Foundations and then Outlines in CCB, um, it will prompt you to log in if you're not logged in yet. Um, but if you go here, it'll take you straight to the files of Winter's Church members. So that's the group that we're in, Winter's Church members. And if you go to the Files tab, you'll see we have the PDF files of the outlines of our last four sessions. So we, have, we started out with Walking in Love, The Tithe, Faith Foundations, and today is Your Words, Sober Bible Foundations. And it's never enough to hear it one time. So you can hear, hear it again. And then also the recordings are on the app as well. All right. So let's start with prayer. Lord, I thank you so much for bringing us here today. I thank you, Father, that you are leading and guiding us by your spirit, Father. I pray that today you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, Father, by having the eyes of our understanding being flooded with light so that we may know the hope of your calling, Father. And I pray that everyone who hears these words, Father, would have a fresh revelation regarding your word, Father, that it would not be like any other message they've heard, but I pray that it would go deep in their innermost being and that it would help them make those changes needed to go where you want them to go, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. One of the th great things about the word of God is that it's, it's life. It's life to those who hear it. And that's in Proverbs 4.20. It talks about how the word is life. Um, in our outline, I went ahead and posted a bunch of different scriptures about how our words affect what we live and what we say. And I can confidently tell you that everything that I have today is a direct result of what I say. And guess what? You do too. The way you live right now, what you have right now in your life is a direct result of what you've been saying. Because that's what the Bible says. <laughs> he says that we are frame, he framed the world by his words, and so do we. And that's whether you're a believer or not, because those, that's a fundamental principle that God put into this world. So whether you're a heathen, I like to use the word heathen, uh, either not a Christian, what you say you have. And a lot of the general population has caught on to this, and so they picked up onto it, and you'll see a lot of teachings of motivational teachers will talk about, you know, um, speak uh, positive things and say good things, and you will, you know, and it'll be positive for you. Well, it's a Bible foundation. That's really what it is. Um, I'm going to read off a couple of scriptures that talk about what we say and how it has an impact on our day-to-day -day lives. But then I want to go into a deep into how the father of faith has taught us 
Father Abraham, of what it means and how it affects it if we don't say it. So in Psalms 19, verse 14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Psalms 34, 13 says, Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. And we know that Psalms and Proverbs are a way of living, right? Those are things that we're constantly going to be reminded of. This is how a Christian should live. So whenever you're not sure on where to start and you're not sure about what to read, just go to Psalms and Proverbs. It'll, it'll help you out to just even understand how to be a good Christian. Psalms uh, 141 and 3, and Tyler, I apologize, some of these are in the New Living Translation, some of them are in the NIV, they're all over, (laughs) but whichever one you have, ESV is fine, and it'll be similar to it. It says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord, keep and watch over the door of my lips. Proverbs 10, 19 says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Proverbs 10.31 says, The mouth of the godly person gives wise advice, but the tongue that deceives will be cut off. Proverbs 12.14 says, Wise words bring many benefits. Proverbs 12:18 The words of the reckless pierce like swords. Reckless. Mm, I, we can go into that and in, there's a lot of recklessness going on nowadays. Uh, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. It's a healing scripture right there. Proverbs 13:3 says The one who guards his mouth preserves his life. And the one who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15.2, the tongue of the wise commands knowledge, but the mouth of fools pour out folly. Our words are important. I've uh, posted 31 scriptures that continually talk about how our words impact how people react to us, how we frame our worlds. And today I want to specifically talk about how, based off of, you know, just the 10 scriptures I read, we know that words are impactful. Not only to who we say them to, but also to how we frame our worlds. And so I want to talk about how this all got started. And we know back in Genesis, God spoke and there was, right? But he first had to teach man how to do that. And it started with Abraham. Or in other, right before that, it started with Abram. Abram never believed God the way that Abraham believed God. So we know that Abraham was not Abraham in the beginning, but he got renamed, right? Um, So we can see that Abram 
didn't say what God said until he was renamed. So Abram had a problem of not saying what God told him, and that held him back 10 to 11 years before he could receive God's promises. And we can look around in our own lives and see, hey, God, why haven't some of these things happened yet? Let's look at our words. Go back and check, check yourself before you wreck yourself. I don't know. Somebody said that. <laughs> Abram could never get the promises in his mouth, and that's what held him up. In Genesis 15, 2, in the New King James Version, it says, and it's specifically in the New King James Version, it says, Abram said, Lord, God, what will you give me seeing I go childless and, heir, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And I want to point out that he said, seeing I go childless. If we look back to Genesis 13, 14 through 17, it says, After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look. So he's telling him to look, to see. As far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west, I'm giving all of this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. So he tells them the promise. He says, look, see it. But then a couple of chapters later, Abram still says, seeing I go childless. He's still seeing what he has. He hasn't captured the vision of what God had told him, in this case, two chapters ago. And today, our promise as Christians has been laid out in the new covenant. And we can see ourselves with it when we have that image inside of us. When we ourselves see it, then that's when we can have it. In 2 Peter first, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, it says, His divine power has granted us all things. That's him telling us his promise. He has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of our sinful desire. Now, first here, if we don't have the knowledge of his promise, then we can't have it. We first have to have the knowledge. We have to read about it. We have to know that 2 Peter 1, 3 is there that says we have been given this promise that says we can have it all. If we don't know the Bible, we don't know our promises. So there is no way we can have faith for something we don't know. I mean, that's, and we've, in the last couple of times we've gathered together, we've, I've mentioned that. It's without knowing what the word says, we can't have it. 
the word is what creates the image inside of us. And you guys have heard the expression whenever I say, all right, think of a dog. Right now, you guys all got a picture of a dog, whether it's your dog, it's a dog that you might want. But the minute I say, think of a brown golden doodle, that picture changed. It's given, given more substance, it's giving more perception to what you're thinking on. And so that's the word. You can know about something, but until we look into what his word is saying to us, specifically reading the Bible and understanding his promises, it's all knowledge. And that's what happens a lot with people that say, well, I know that God says this or that the Bible teaches this, but they don't have the image. They don't have that understanding of what God is saying. So getting in our mouths and speaking it into our hearts is the next step. And we talked about that um, a couple of, a week ago. Wow, it's only been a week. Is that, that's how we all got saved. We believed it in our hearts and we said it in our mouths. Abram would not speak what God said to him. Abram said, you know, seeing I go childless, he, he still couldn't see it. So he didn't speak it. And that's what I think happens to a lot of us is that we don't see it, we don't read it, so we don't speak it. We don't have that image inside of us. And the Bible says that we are to read the word, read it again, and then again, and then again, and then again, so that we could get that image inside of us. So then that way we can start saying it because we're not gonna say it if we don't see it. And that's, what, that's exactly what was happening to Abram. So what did God have to do? He's like, all right, so we're not getting through to him, are we? He said, I'm gonna change your name. I'm gonna make you say what I promised you. I'm going to change your name to Abraham, the father of many nations. So now he had God's word. Now he was forced to say it. My name is Abraham. Anytime, I don't know how he did it. Maybe he had a, a press release or he went around and handed out memos or uh, had a, a gathering and he said, all right, guys, because, you know, he had servants and he had family and all that. So he had to tell them, hey, we're changing things up. My name is not Abram anymore. It's Abraham. God said so. Now, again, you know, we can't be too hard on Abram. He didn't have the Bible. He didn't have Romans and and all of the different chapters that tell us about speaking and saying. So he didn't know to do that. But God was going to teach him. God was going to teach him how to do it. And through Abram and Abraham, we now know the steps of how to walk by faith. You know, Abraham's the father of faith. He's our guide. He is who we're, you know, following in the steps. 
In Romans 4, 16, it says, that is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all of his offspring. That's us. Not only the adherent of the law, but also to the ones who share the faith of Abraham, who is father of us all. You know, there's a lot of people that believe in God, but they don't believe what God said. And that's where we need to step into is that we need to believe what God said about us. And that's stepping into faith and that's walking it out. And we can't just walk it out by believing God. We have to believe what God said about us. In 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, For all of the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. God has given us everything. You know, we read that he has given us all of the promises. And then here in 2 Corinthians, he says, and in all those promises, they're yes. Everything he has promised us spiritually, um, physically, for our children, for our families, he says here, you will find their yes in him. We have everything that we need to expect based off of God's word and we can receive it if we believe. Now, this, the other part of it is, and we know because of Mark eleven twenty three through 24, it says, whoever believes will have whatever he says. Same thing. If we believe God's promises, we will have God's promises. But if we're also believing for the bad stuff, then we will have that too because it's just a fundamental principle. If we have something happens and, you know, we've heard people say, well, when it rains, it pours, or I'm, I'm sure we're going to get sick this fall. We always get the cold first. We're always, I, my hay fever just gets me in bed every time. The same, the same concept applies. So you could either say it in, and we're speaking God's promises or we can, on the opposite end, speak death to our, to our own lives. So we have to be conscious of what we're speaking and believing. And I'll read Mark eleven twenty three to 24. It says, truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, in the natural, we cannot move a mountain. I can't physically go even with a, a boulder or a machine, whatever. I mean, maybe it'll take a long time, but naturally I can't physically move a mountain. But Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24, it's talking about in the spirit. And that's what we kicked off talking about when we were talking about in walking in love. We can't walk in love on our own. 
It's got to be through the Spirit. We can't do things by faith unless they are done by the Spirit. And that's what Mark 11, 23, 24 is about, is that the impossible is not done in the natural. The impossible is done in the spirit realm. Mark 9, 23 says, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And we have to believe that what God said is possible in our lives. I mean, we have miracle after miracle in this, in this room alone of just things that were impossible that became possible to us because of us believing God, whether it's for children or for, for our own lives. We are capable of operating on the same level of, as God But the part that we need is that we need to make sure that his word abides in us, that we are continually speaking out his word the way he said it, not the way we think it, the way he said it. In John 15, 7, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will. This must be in the King James, ye and it shall be done unto you. But our, those words have to abide in us. We have to know exactly what the word says about every situation. Bible faith comes from the word of God. The word creates all things. Remember in, the, in Genesis, it says, in the beginning was the word. And I'm going to jump over to John 1, 1, because that's, words at. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Again, we are creating our worlds based off of what we say, the words that are coming out of our mouths. And that's what was holding up Abram. He wasn't saying it. It wasn't until he said it, it literally took him a year to have his promised child. And I was thinking about that, that from the minute that his name got changed and then a year and when he had his child, that means that, you know, nine months. So it only took him about maybe three months for this whole conceptualizing to happen. The minute he started hearing his name, father of many nations, father of many nations, father of many nations, that image inside of him had started transforming already. And so I'm like, well, it only took about, I mean, once you conceive them, you're good as gold right there. In Romans 10, seven through eight, it says, or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. And this is an interesting scripture because it says, what are we going to bring Christ from the dead? 
How many times have we thought to ourselves, man, if Jesus would just come and touch me, if he would just, if he would just be here, everything would change. But we just read in John 1, 1 that Jesus is the word. And Jesus has given us his word. We have it in front of us. Most of us can pull it out, you know, they're either on their phones or their Bible books. The word of God is Jesus. Jesus, when we speak out his words, it's like Jesus being right with us. Him, he doesn't have to step down from heaven. He is with us, his word. When we speak out his word, it's like him speaking out his word. Now, it has to be done by faith, but we know that when we believe it in our hearts and say it out of our mouths, that, that's faith. Jesus is the personification of the word, and God holds all things by his word. We can't cast out the word by some experience we've had. Or, you know, somebody says, well, yes, I know that's what the word says, but this is what happened to me. We can't do that. that that's not how faith works, and that's not how... God's word is active, his faith is activated. We must be fully persuaded that what God said is truth. And how do we do it? We do it by the hearing of the word. Faith is not a fad, like a fad, a thing that you do. It's a way of life. You've got to speak God's word continuously. Like the Proverbs and the Psalms that we were reading, we have to put a watch over our words because we have to know in our hearts and our minds that what we say will come to pass and that we have framed our worlds by what we have said. And how do we get fully persuaded? By putting it in our eyes, in our ears. Proverbs 4.20. We have to constantly put that vision inside of us. And I mentioned last week is we've, for however long we've lived our lives, we've heard the opposite of God's word. So it's going to take some time to re-engineer our minds to think God's way, to refocus on God's word. And the more we do it, the more we step into it. And it's kind of like what we have here. Uh, we, we were born to win, but we have to plan to win. And planning takes effort, takes a part of, I'm going to set time aside to do this. We have to prepare to win. So what am I doing to prepare to receive that promise? And you guys have seen me, you know, one of the things that I know to do is if I'm believing for something, I'm preparing for it. We're believing for a house, 2.5, two-ish acres. What are we getting? We're planning on that already. We're putting a vision of what that looks like. We're preparing it. We're not just going to hope it happens. We're starting to plan for it now. And we got to expect to win. Expect that what God's word says is right, and that's what's going to happen. I'm running out of time, so I'm going to go to my next action point. In the outline, I put an act some actionable items for you guys. It says, write down on a piece of paper 
a brief description of what you're facing, what the problem is. Then using your concordance, your Bible, your, you can even probably use Google, look up scriptures that have to do with that thing that you're coming against and write them down. Find two or three verses that go along with that situation. Okay? For if it's healing, you have a, a plethora of healing scriptures. If it's finances, there's all kinds of finances, finance scriptures. If, if it's, you know, a loved one, if it's for wisdom, there's all of these scriptures. All right. Then throw away the first paper you wrote. Those things are done. And then carry that sheet of paper with your scriptures and your promises of God and read them just like, just like in the natural, you get a prescription um, from the doctor and says, take these three, to, three times a day to, to see the symptoms go away. Do the same thing. Take those scriptures, read them three times a day, four times a day. And, you know, you, we talked about putting things up in your mirror, your, uh, the, in the room that that situation happens the most. But putting it in your eyes, reminding yourself of what that promise is. And in the outline, I put scriptures for worry, for business, marriage, sickness. Begin to take control over your mouth. That's where we need to begin. Because what we say is what we have, and that is what has framed our world. But we can, the, good, the good news is that we can change it. Right. We can change it just like Abram. We can become Abraham and change our world by what we say. And that is, God is just so amazing and so faithful to do it. Not do it because he loves us. Yes, he does love us. But it's a principle that he has set in his word. There's no way around it. And so today, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have brought your word to us. And I pray, Father, that you would continue to bring wisdom to your people about what you have promised to them, Father. And I pray that you would give them guidance on how to do it. If there's particular things that you want them, you want them to do regarding this word, Father, I pray that you would reveal that to them. And I thank you, Father, that you are continuing to grow us from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And we bring you all the honor and the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.